Welcome to the oh. Welcome to the X One at Two podcast. The podcast. Uh, we're happy to be with you all again. My name is Caroline Litzian. I'm calling in from Minneapolis. I'm here with Ramona. And with Heather. Hey, calling in from Provo, Utah. Where so, all the fun happens. Where all the fun happens. <laughs> the happy value. Utah people working together. Um, something that I have failed to um, mention in, I, I wish I could do it every episode, but I always forget, is our intro music is by Emily Brown. And the album is called Bee Eater. And the song is called Unseen Girl. So it's a song I really like. And we asked if we could use the music for the podcast. And she said yes. And we gave her some money. And I said we'd talk about her. So she's a very cool musician. Emily Brown. She's in California. Um, Okay. But welcome tonight. Today is our conversation. We're just going to have fun. No special guests tonight. Just us. Special us. Um, And we are going to start by sharing what we've been listening to, watching, what we want to share and kind of kind of build out from there. Um, I saw the musical Jagged Little Pill again. I am such a nerd that I, so I saw it in Cambridge four years ago, and it was at the ART Theater. And it's an uh, the musical Jagged Little Pill based on the Alanis Morissette um, album Jagged Little Pill, which like I'm a little young for the album, but I had cool older cousins, so I remember hearing it and like the line like I recommend walking around naked in your living room was like so provocative to a ten year old's brain. I thought it was like such a cool album when I was a kid. And I still like always love like just that album. And so when it became a musical, I was like, wait, this is amazing. And I like cried watching it in Cambridge. Oh my gosh. And so then when I um, heard it was touring and coming to Minneapolis, like I found out a year ago, I was like, I have to go to the show. And so I like gathered a group of friends, a few people flaked out. My mother-in-law got COVID, so couldn't go. So many things happened. Um, But I got a group of friends together and we went to the show. And it wasn't as magical seeing the second time, but still so good. And just so funny to think like so much has changed in four years. I was pregnant with my first child when I first saw it. And so I was like, whoa, like I've had two children in four years. I have experienced pandemic lockdown. Um, they updated a few things. They made it a joke about Utah in it. There's a line where they say, um, and so that was an update. I think, I feel like I would have remembered the first time. But one of the characters says, um, do you like your family? And the other character says, no. Do you believe in happy families? I think the only happy families are in Orange Juice commercials or Utah. Wah, 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 wah. But so some like really interesting, it's kind of about family in the suburbs, but it talks about some heavy stuff like drug abuse, sexual assault, rape, a couple other things. Um, Adoption. So it's like a white family, mm-hmm. white son who's biological and then adopted black daughter. So there's some of those dynamics too. Anyway, so I highly recommend it if you get the chance to watch it because it brings up some good heavy stuff and the music is really fun because it's the album and a few other few other songs. So that was my yeah, like, let me go let ahead. Me echo. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I also saw it at four years ago at the ART. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that That's such a fabulous theater. Anyone who is in the Boston area, they, they workshop a lot of really, really cool things there. 
So like I saw Waitress Ooh. and paid $25 to see it, oh, wow. you know, and Sarah Burrell was there, you know, like wow. in the Q, for the Q&A after. And um, yeah, so Jagged Little Pill, the music is fabulous. The performances were fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's the only musical I've ever been in where in the middle of the musical, the audience gave a standing ovation mm-hmm. for Lauren Patton, I think was the actress who played, um, not, not the daughter is Frankie. Joe, the, the friend, um, Joe, Joe for the friend, Joe, you ought to know he does. You, she sings, you ought to know. And it literally is a showstopper. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm one of those nerdy people who like, I have like an IMDB brain. So I'm mm-hmm. always I do tracking. Too. You do too, Ramona? So I'm always tracking. Yeah. So she was on Blue Bloods for a long time. Wait, and I was she laughing because, yes, yes. Who was she? She was Eddie's, um, I almost said companion. Was it his wife? <laughs> Ed, no, Eddie, um, she, she was Eddie's partner. The one who got fired at one point and then rehired and then ended up leaving. Oh. Um, but, but yeah, Lauren, Lauren Patton, she would do Blue Bloods kind of in between shows, you know, like wow. she was it because they film it in New York. And then also I'm a Star Trek nerd. And of so course. I'm watching, <laughs> of course I am. So I'm watching Strange New World, which is on, um, CBS Paramount, and it is sort of like a pre-Captain Kirk one. It's a little bit contemporaneous. Mm-hmm. And Uhura, you know, who we know as like the mm-hmm. fabulous black mm-hmm. woman on Star Trek, she is played, a younger version of her is played by Frankie. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. um, LaShawn's daughter. So it's like, and they oh, did man. a musical version, and she totally sang and rocked it. Oh, they did a musical okay. Star Trek version. Okay, Heather, this is completely off track. Um, <laughs> how far are you into this deep dive into all the geeky stuff? Because I feel like if I'm like Star Trek, Star Wars, Andromeda, um, Star- is it Stargate Atlantis? Battlestar uh, Galactica, I, for sure. Star- yeah, I feel like if I'm like, I'm deep in the geek stuff. And then... Oh, I, um, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have that musical theater stuff. I wish I did. Like, Barbados does have, like, a huge musical theater stuff going on. I mean, it's all mostly- of us here have our own little nerd languages that we speak. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, like, our own little, like, I'm totally, I totally speak Broadway. Um, You know. I speak like Hamilton I, I, fluently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Anyhow, but, I'm always tracking but, these people. Yeah, but Caroline, like, how are you y- too young for, like, Alanis Morissette? So, yeah, and, I was born in 87. Like, so when I, I invited some... I and I'm not too young. Right, well, like, when the Jag Little Pill album came out, what year, I don't oh. know, we could look at what year that came out, but when it was, like, the cool album. Like, I felt like it was a little old for me. Mm. And that's why it felt, like, yeah, extra and- edgy and subversive. For me. And yeah. I was a little old for it when it came out. I was like, oh, you're Canadian. You can't be angry. This doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> like it, you know, and then her whole ironic song as like the English major, I was like, um, that's not really what ironic means. Which yeah. they make fun of in the musical. They do. It's yeah. a, they do. It is a classroom scene. And yeah. yeah. 
which is so fun. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's because um, I kind of got into that music, even though I was born way after, because of like all the music video channels that you would have oh. in like the early 2000s that would just play like all the old retro music. They would play like all the Alanis. They would play everybody that's out this that was popping um so i feel like if i i kind of my my soul feels older than it is totally yeah no that all of that that way that's interesting too about like the timing of music too or just like yeah like and what because it's such a different era now with music where it's not like which producer like advertises the most like now there's just so many more um there's still that obviously there's the disney channel kids who get get big because of the disney pipeline but then there's also just like soundcloud and like youtube and like so many more like democratic ways to be like we like this music and then executives are like there's a million listens i guess we should (laughs) yeah now find a record with this person the TikTok creators and right, like, true, TikTok. you put out a song it is so cliche mm-hmm. and I feel like it makes me feel super old like a grumpy old grandma uh-huh. but I'm like, you should not be doing this this is not your blessing and I'm like I don't feel like if I want to squash dreams but I grew up on like 90s and 80s hip-hop what you guys are doing in hip-hop right now kills me inside to my core oh. and <laughs> So like I so like I feel like you know music is getting modern with like all these advancements like SoundCloud and all this stuff where you don't need a label anymore. But at the same time, I'm slowly dying a painful death because uh-huh. of what's going on. Well, you know, hip hop is old because it's NPR all month long has been celebrating the 50th anniversary of oh, hip hop. So when you turn on and like Terry Gross is like talking about Biggie Smalls and, oh, you no. know, like it just, I'm like, wow. Oh, 50 <laughs> oh, years. That is, yeah, that's just like a, a Sunday afternoon for me because like if, if you follow me on Instagram, I post music videos whenever I have a few, uh, like a chance, like all the videos from like the 80s, 90s, or whatever. And most of the times, what I post is sometimes some gangster, gangster rap. <laughs> like all of these nice church people that follow me are going to be so petrified because, like, they're like, "What is Ramona listening to on this Sabbath? Stone her outside the church." Okay, okay, this maybe this needs to be a full episode but let's take a minute here my favorite question was at BYU was asking people what were your family's Sunday rules because I feel like that like they're like that's when it like kind of gets hazy and you get kind of a very great flavor for what was your family's Mormonism so my family it was only church movies only church music can't go swimming yes hikes yes yes um Yes, bike rides. Yes, inviting a family over to play games. No, you going to a friend's house. No friends coming over. Um, we're kind of like the family traditions. Okay, okay, go back right now. So, what yeah. is the swimming water supposed to do to you? I know on the I, Sabbath. Is it so? Is it on the water? Is it from the Doctrine and Covenants? There's some verse that's like Satan's on the, or was like some experience where they're like. Zion's camp, Mississippi, something, something like it, it is like is Satan going to jump in like a fishing boat? Because like missionary, so it's like it's the like missionaries can't go swimming type thing, like yeah. along those things, right? Oh, oh, they have here in Barbados, they have. 
good stay cool um <laughs> yeah so heather what were your family's well i just want to concur that that when i am um when i have a client who is LDS and having some kind of like a, a faith crisis, faith expansion, faith transition, pick your flavor. One of the questions I ask them is, what were your Sundays like? Yeah. Because that absolutely Opens is up. the thermometer. If they're like, oh, we had to stay in church clothes mm -hmm. all day long, then, oh, that tells me. I know a lot about you. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know a lot about them. Yeah. So my family and people... So we, we weren't allowed to watch regular TV, but on Sunday night, the wonderful world of Disney was on. Yeah. And Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. And so that was like people who were pretty traditional or conservative, but weren't going to go crazy. Mm -hmm. Like we were those, those two things we were allowed to watch. And we didn't okay. have to stay in church clothes all day. Um, yeah. The swimming thing, if you were on vacation, it might change the rules. Yeah. Like vacation became a little bit of a liminal space mm. where like all the same rules didn't necessarily apply. But again, a family could invite us over. We could invite families over. And you also could have a play date if it was a friend from church who you, the families were really close with. Uh -huh, so yeah. sort like of like, they were like, yeah, pseudo, like they were like cousins. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I feel, I feel like if I, if I, I, sometimes I'm really grateful that I grew up outside of the church because there was no real Sunday activity that was like off limits. Um, when I told somebody that my mom and I, when um lockdowns were happening, our um family home evening is us watching documentaries together. They were like, "Oh, you should be doing something more spiritual." What? And I was like, okay, that's just what works for us. Um, what's more, yeah, and it's like you're learning about people or animals yeah. or things. I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So there were no limitations. Like you could go to the beach on Sundays. You could have a party on Sundays. You could listen to secular music on Sundays. And I think that is kind of like the relaxed nature of being Methodist. Like there were no like, like Satan's breathing down your neck sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of that has transitioned now. I do laundry on Sundays. I'm sorry for whoever is there. I need to be dragged outside the church and stoned because I just like to wash on Sundays because that's my day off. Um, and pause, pause there for a second. One of my aunts at their house, they had a sign on their washing machine that says the washing machine also needs a day of rest. No laundry on Sundays. What? I remember noticing that and being like, Ooh, mm, that's how this family I was does like, it. Okay. Okay. Wash the machine. It, it's because it's the water. You can use the dryer. Oh, water. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, water okay. But yeah, I, I feel like if I had to kind of adapt to that when I was in Utah recently, because I never realized that Utah Sundays are very, very boring. Uh -huh. I, I'm like, what do you guys do? Like, there's nothing to do. You can't go to the store. You can't take the bus. You can't take the train. Like, what is there to do? And I'm just like sitting there. I, I got a lot of sleep. 
I was going to take naps. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, day of rest. But that's why they have all those hours at church because they know people are going to be bored out their minds. (laughs) All right. Heather or Ramona, what have you been watching, listening to? What do you want to talk about? Let's see if we've watched or listened to it too. Okay. What have I been watching? I have been watching a lot of stuff. Um, as usual, I'll start with a Korean drama because that's where I am. That's my thing. Um, I was watching like this really old Korean series from like 2015, I think. Um, called Oh My Venus. It's good. It's not the best. It's nothing like the modern day ones that are really, really good. Um, I'm watching season two of Heartstopper very, very slowly. Um, I'm watching this reality series that I watched on YouTube originally that Netflix just acquired the rights to it called um, Love After Divorce. Mm. And it's it's like a series about Korean people who have been married before and they got divorced for various reasons. And they're all in this house kind of like, not The Bachelor. Um, Like if anybody knows the series, um, Are You The One? that used to play on MTV it's kind of like that like dating and trying to find somebody after they've been divorced mm-hmm. and then watching My Happy Marriage which is a Japanese magna manga 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 I don't know you know mm-hmm. is that potato potato um, okay. so I'm watching that it is really good I just watched the last episode at work yesterday which is what I do when I'm trying to run away from my adult responsibilities. Totally. Deep dive into another another world. So Heartstoppers that Ramona mentioned is one of the ones that Lacey Bagley recommended. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. It's really good. I I started reading that. I I started to read it a couple of days before it was announced that it was going to be a Netflix series. So I started reading it on Webtoon fell in love with it on that tune was hoping that when they did the casting that it was going to be really good and thankfully it's really well done and it's true to the original web tune so i i have no complaints about it but it's good. Here- i'm glad that it didn't change too much when it got got in with netflix because i feel like no. that could happen she, she i don't know what contract she had but she 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 did a good job awesome red white and royal blue could have learned something from her <laughs> can you tell all right so all right. i'll i'll go now mm-hmm. um unless there's other stuff you want to share ramona no you go ahead so um one of the other things that that dr lacy recommended was nimona which is like the cartoon on netflix and it was really lovely. It, it was very, very sweet. It's one of these things where, you know, this little creature is, is like a monster that can transform and everyone's afraid. And you can see that there are lots of parallels with the queer community and with, with trans folks. So, mm. um, but I would totally have kids watch it. I mean, it's not, it doesn't feel like there's some agenda that they're trying to you know, beat into you or whatever, you can take it on lots of different levels and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that was fun. And then 
not so fun. Another one of my like little obsessions is the crazy Sackler family Ooh. who brought us Oxycontin. Right. So oh, on that documentary. On, well, they're on Hulu. I think uh-huh. it's on Hulu. They have one called Dope Sick, and it's got Michael oh. Keaton and Caitlin Deaver and all sorts of really, really fabulous people. Um, I think Rosario Dawson's in it. Like it's really, mm-hmm. it's really good, and it kind of tells the whole story. And then Netflix, for some reason. Did their own version. <laughs> yeah. And it's called I remember it from Painkillers. And it just came out not too long ago. And it's also like a drama. And mm-hmm. in it you have the very beautiful Tim Riggins, mm-hmm. who poor poor Tim gets addicted to the oxy and it ruins his life. It's very sad to to watch but even when he's like vomiting over a toilet, you're still like, you're attractive. So there you have it. Um, even when he's got the shakes, he's he's still somehow giving you that Friday Night Lights vibe. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and Matthew Broderick plays the main Sackler guy, and it's the whole thing is it's just horrifying to me that they were able to buy off FDA people, Whoa. and you know, like in one point you have this. Like either a governor in Maine or the sen a senator in Maine, like blowing the whistle because Maine um, is a very blue collar state, and right. a lot of um, people. It, it was one of the states they targeted, and so mm-hmm. lots of people died, lots of people became addicted, and this this governor he went and you know made a huge stink and all this stuff, and then a year later he's working for them. Whoa, like twist. left and. Yeah, left like the FDA guy who would not kind of do their their approval. Mm -hmm. Then they they bought him off. Everyone has a price. Everyone has a price. Ugh. You know, and and the Sacklers are the same. Secret combinations. Secret like Gaddy and Robber people. Mm -hmm. Um but they're the same people who in the sixties and seventies brought us value because he was an advertiser. The, the original oh. one, he's like a doctor and an ad guy. And so and he coined the phrase mother's little helper for Valium. Oh. And millions oh. of women got addicted to Valium. And people who took Valium for a long time after a certain age, almost all of them now have Valium caused dementia. Oh, freaking deep. Like it's Valium. Yeah, just make sure I'm yeah. understanding. Are you talking about Valium? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, the Sacklers who created the, the Oxy, Oxycontin, they were the ones who also mar- brought, you know, manufactured and marketed value. Like, mm. so this is a pattern mm. for them. Yeah. Like just addiction. Anyhow. Yeah. I will so, say addiction, well, addiction plus um, marketing. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will, I will mm-hmm. say that like serious contribution um, for me. Is that um, I I took Valium a little while ago um, to deal with my anxiety, and I didn't like the way I felt on it. I felt completely removed from anything. I've been I've been mm-hmm. on antidepressants before, and I I felt far removed from emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
while I knew it was helping in some way, I just didn't like how I felt on it. Yeah, um, yeah Valium is like an amnestic. Like it makes you kind of forget things. And so it does give you this very removed feeling. Yeah. Mm. I remember just staring at walls like, oh my gosh, there's a spot on the wall. You oh. know, like, things like that. But was it at that point, was it what I needed? Yes. Should I be on it long term? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Prescription. So yeah, does... that's, that's what I, and right now I'm reading Middle March. <gasps> Yay. Okay. Pause for a sec. When you're like, we hey. all have our different nerds. My nerd is I'm in a book club that we call the Long Book Club long book book club slash um, doorstopper book club because it's purposely <laughs> giant books. And one of the first books was Middlemarch. And so it's been the same oh, yeah. for a couple of years. I was like, oh, it's so long. And so it's, we meet like every couple of weeks to like for accountability, read about a hundred pages. So it makes a fun discussion, but just the accountability. Nice. Anyway, I love Middlemarch because I was like, I it's need- so long. It's such a good book. Congratulations. I need to start reading in a book club so I can be accountable for accountability. Someone. Okay, tell us about Middlemarch. What are you what are you liking about it so far? So I am. I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I I the editor in me wants to slash a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, you don't need this whole paragraph right here. You don't you, you get your so favorite and so characters sad. and you're like, I'm ready. Give me <laughs> give me back to that character. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just gotten to the part where um the old guy Featherstone, who is so manipulative and keeps like promising different things to different people in his will, where he's dying and he asks Mary to burn the most recent will, and she won't. She won't get involved. She won't do it. And then it ends up screwing Fred mm-hmm. so that he does not get any money from dun, dun, dun. the dude. Done, done, done. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, wow, poor little rich boy, you're going to have mm-hmm. to work. You yeah. Because like job, working is so scandalous, like on Pride and Prejudice. They're like, oh, he has a job. <laughs> like, oh, he's a lawyer. <laughs> like, they just make fun of people who work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which are, they're just like glorified landlords because they're getting their money from the other people working their lands and. Yeah. Or yeah. compounded interest of being exploited from years previously. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not updating yeah. the, the, their um, farmer renters housing or anything like yeah. that. You know, yep. I love yep. Dorothy and her housing. I'm like, it's Caroline with the housing policy. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was that. Yeah. That did make you laugh. I was like, how do we create the ideal little communities for the farmers? Oh, yeah. Um, another, um, show that I watched I watched it a while ago and it took me a really long time to watch it because I I I can't remember what was happening I started watching it and you know like when you start a show and you can only watch like the first five minutes you realize the first five minutes are really good and you keep (laughs) watching the show from the beginning and stopping at the five minutes over and over and over again that was me oh no Um, so there was this really really funny show um and you know me, I am going to suggest you 800 million Korean dramas, but this one was really good for the reason <laughs> that it was talking about motherhood. Oh. And so the name of it is called Birth Care Center. And Ooh. so in Korea, what happens is that after you have your baby, you go into a birth care center 
where they can help you take care of the baby, where you can have treatments so you can increase your lactation, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's just highlighting the stories of different women. Um, we have a woman who is grieving the loss of her baby that died. Mm. We have her getting attached to another mother who has a pregnancy. We have this career woman who's the main character who like always thought she wasn't going to have children. High-powered high woman. And then she ends up getting pregnant and realizing that everything that she ever thought about pregnancies babies and everything is just completely removed from who she is as a person mm. and it's a really good watch it's like eight episodes it's not it's super super long yeah no i want to check that out that sounds really interesting because i have such an american focus on like birth because i'm american mm -hmm. and that's what yeah. i've experienced and and as like a working mom too it's interesting yeah. interesting yeah so i i just was revisiting a lot of the stuff i watched when i had anxiety recently mm, yeah and going I'm, to what's comforting totally yeah and now i'm trying to watch it through a different lens and i was like oh i watched this episode but i was really struggling so it's a lot of korean stuff it's a lot of there's this documentary series um called my neighbor charles which when I had an anxiety attack, if you have anxiety, please put it on. It's so Aww. cute. Good to know. And it's just stories of people who've lived, who are moving to Korea with their partner or whoever. And for some reason, that would just drive me out of my anxiety. So good. If you have anxiety, I suggest giving it a watch. Aww. I'm not a medical professional, but like, try it. Oh, my you know, neighbor, are, Charles. There are okay. definitely like equivalents of comfort food. You know, there are totally shows where you're like, that this is just like on the P PBS's um, All Creatures Great and Small um, yeah. was just, you're just watching the biggest crisis is, you know, is, is the baby lamb going to, the mom <laughs> going to let it nurse or not? You know, like you, it's very very soothing and there's this lovely scottish accents and oh well yeah, thinking about depression depression barbie watching the bbc pride and prejudice seven times in a row and oh yeah oh, oh yes we could talk about that in great detail <laughs> i know i know oh my gosh barbie it never gets old it doesn't and i still have clients coming in and and using analogies from barbie and ideas from barbie and oh. that that movie has gotten lots of people thinking right well that's so, so I, I watched the movie with my mom last night didn't think she'd go to with me but she's like sure so we went um she's in town helping me watch we have a gap in child care uh anyway afterward she was like that was a thinker movie i didn't think it would be like that and it wasn't feminism being shoved down my throat so for my very conservative <laughs> mother I was glad it went well, but on the drive over, she asked me if I'd seen Sound of Freedom, and we had a quick, quick discussion about that. We'll, we'll save that yeah. for another time. <laughs> yes, let's let's do let's save. We'll put yeah, it. We'll put it in there. But the thinker, yeah, when you brought the thinker aspect. Um, other shows, I feel like we're just kind of freewheeling right now, which I'm loving. Rami, we talked about it briefly. Have you all seen Rami? I have a. Okay, I'll talk about it for a minute and then we'll do some homework. I want to rewatch it. So it's about a Muslim American 
Um, oh, okay. Yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Netflix. Um, there's two seasons. And when I've talked to different friends, so the people who recommended it to me are people who are no longer Mormon, but they're like, I want everyone who's Mormon or has been Mormon to see this because it, there are just so many um, parallels and examples of kind of the like, his family's hyper-religious. He's kind of straddling in between. Um, and then just kind of the like seeing the like, um, yeah, there's just like so many just in- interesting parallels, things that are like quite different, but things that you're like, oh, that hurts. And I can feel that. And that kind of that angst and confusion of trying to be like cool with your friends, but also trying to respect your family or be rude to your family. And and what does it look like? And even and the dating aspect of it, the dating culture within it is super fascinating. So Rami, yeah, that that's, spelled, that's spelled R-A-M-I. It's actually spelled R-A-M-Y. Rami. And if you want like a lighthearted version of that, you could watch the man like Mobin. So Mobin spelled M-O-B-E-E-N. Man like Mobin. I've is heard of hilarious. that. I don't know that one, Rona. It's hilarious. This Muslim comedian and he just rips into like his life and it's so good. It's so good. Awesome. 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 Okay. Something we talked about that we want to share is everyone's going to share a movie they have not seen that most people have. I'll start. I have yet to see La La Land. I'm not sure if I will. I haven't seen it either. I honest, Emma Stone, I don't love. I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why. I think, I think Easy A was my first introduction to her and I never saw that movie either. Oh, I think I saw the premise of it was like, I'm not interested. So okay. I, I need to figure out why I don't like her very much or oh, why Ryan Gosling. But so Barbie movie helped me like Ryan Gosling because I did also didn't like the notebook. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's my movie that I, that everyone has seen that I have not seen and that you could not pay me to see. Is uh, the notebook? I, I watched the, I watched the first five minutes and it like made my flesh crawl when He's trying to manipulate that girl into going on a date with him by like hanging off the Ferris wheel. I was like, oh my God, it's not consent. It totally stressed me out. Like, I'm not watching. It seems like a a very much young single adult ward elder thing to do. Like, I know guys in the YSL wards that would totally do the manipulative things that he would have done in that movie. (laughs) Yeah, consent in singles wards. When you're like, yeah. but the spirit told me to. And you're like, no, it didn't. The spirit told you to do that. No, you're just dumb. Ramona, what what other movies have you not seen that everyone else has seen? Okay. Okay. I haven't seen, I haven't seen La La Land. I, I just don't like predictable movies, really. If I can predict it by just looking at the trailer, I don't want to watch it. So like La La Land, I I never watch. I've never seen Titanic because <gasps> I <knew. laughs> yes. because I know that the boat sinks. You know so what happens, I, yeah. So like, why would I like watch it to see the boat sink when I know the story? I remember um, I was in fifth or sixth grade, and it was the big scandal of like, do your parents let you see Titanic in theaters? My parents said yes because it's historical, but it was PG thirteen. <laughs> I, I just was like, I if you've not seen the Kiki Palmer, Steve Harvey clip of her explaining 
why Rose could have saved him and put uh-huh. him that door with her. You need to see it. Kiki Palmer explains my true feelings about the situation. Love like it. she could have saved him, yet she watched him drown. I, like, you know, is that love? I, 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 <laughs> that, that's how I feel. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I just didn't want to watch it. Um, there's another movie that everybody watched. I think like Venom. I know like a lot of people like into like watching all those movies, but I've never seen Venom. It looks hella creepy. Um Is Venom the I, is Spider-Man? I don't know. I don't yeah, know Marvel. One of the Spider-Man. Well. Okay, okay. Yeah, that and does like, look creepy. I didn't see that one either. It when it came out and the thing about it is, is that I watched the Spider-Man, the original one with Tobey Maguire. Where, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a fun one. Where um, they introduced Venom, but I just never watched the new one because I was like, this is hella creepy compared yeah. to what I with Tobey Maguire. I was are, like, are either of you into Marvel? Universe? I am into Marvel. All right, cool. I am into Marvel. I am a Marvel girl. You can talk to me for all your Marvel needs. <laughs> I am not, and that's probably another thing I could list all the. What? Yeah, I'm not either. I mean, I've seen it's... Thor Ragnarok. Is that Marvel? Uh yes, yes. That one was and fun and funny. Too, that yes. was good. Kiki Waititi, like, yes, directed it, and I knew it was going to be funny. Yeah. So. His movies, I find it really good. I have not totally. seen the last Thor movie. Um, I think, okay, this is not me going off the geeky dive. I will just refrain from what I think about the whole Marvel situation right now. Um, I love me some Moon, is it Moon Rider, Walker, whatever it is, um, with that guy, Pablo, pa- is it Pablo Pascal? Oh, oh yeah, Oscar Mandalorian, Isaac. yeah, Mandalorian. Oscar Isaac. And Oscar Isaac, is it Pedro, oh. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Let me just Google this. Oscar Isaac is. He's in Dune. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in a yeah. different Star Wars one. Yeah, he's Poe Dameron in Rogue One. Yeah, I, feel I know like, some Star Wars. I feel like a lot of people have seen The Mandalorian, and I have not I, seen an episode. Mandalorian is so good, and Andor, Andor, Andor. Yeah, Andor. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. The good. first couple episodes are super slow, so push through and then it gets so good. Yeah. Okay. What is he in? So the first one. Watched... Okay, go ahead, Heather. I watched The Last of Us and my son was describing it to me. He's like, so it's like Pedro Pascal and he's, you know, he's kind of this. Oh, is that the this, zombie? You know, rogue kind of mercenary oh, type guy. And then he has to. He has to rescue this this girl, this kid who's like an orphan, who's like special. I'm like, you mean the Mandalorian? Like, no, it's a different show. I'm like, are you sure? Uh, yeah. Instead of Baby Yoda, instead of Grogu. Yeah, I just think that I would. I I don't like predictable TV and I don't like predictable movies. So I just don't watch a lot of stuff that people are watching, which is why it took me so long to watch Barbie movie. <laughs> you guys convinced me i had to get convinced too i'm glad i did but yeah there's still <laughs> so, some still some questions there but yeah no I and know. i yeah i hear what you're saying the the you want to watch it's a little bit different if it seems too predictable totally yeah totally yeah. yeah i was a nerd and in middle school i was like i'm not gonna watch pg-13 movies oh, wow. Because I'm so self-righteous and scrupulous. So I have a 
I have like a big gap of like, I've never seen Minority Report, like just like a lot of movies from like that era that I'm like, actually, I haven't seen it. Um, but if, have you all had the experience of watching a show with someone who's like, I love this show so much and you watch it with them and you're like, I don't get it. That happened yeah. the cable guy I watched it with a roommate. <gasps> and she's like, it's so funny. It's so funny. We watched it. And I was like, I don't get it. But I think she just yeah. had so much nostalgia with it, but it was just didn't translate. That, didn't hold up. That's I know. Like, I don't. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Ramana. No, no. Okay. No, like, I feel like that's me when people say that Riverdale is a good show. I'm like, no, it's not. Ooh, it's terrible. Oh. Yeah, no, this is how I feel. Like, I don't find Adam Sandler funny. Mm. And so people are like, oh, you've got to see Billy Madison. I'm like, no. Try, I, got, no. Um, I won't. I won't. I'm not saying it's not funny. It does not work for me. In my brain, it's like, funny, but I think if I were to watch it again now, 20 years later, it'd be like, ew, what? Yeah, I can't I handle know. slapstick anymore. So, like, I, movies like Daddy Daycare, I'm like, no, can't, I can't do slapstick. I could have back in the day when I have very little humor. I feel like now I watch it where I'm seeing people try to be funny and not actually being funny. Like, I can't watch a Kevin Hart series or, or comedy show anymore um so yeah. like he tries too hard these days and i'm like i i don't take you seriously as a, a comedian anymore yeah so i feel like because of that i just don't enjoy his stuff adam sandler is a fight is a fight uh-huh. he's he gotta fight me tooth and nail for me to watch something belonging to him now um yeah i just i don't know i think we've matured and grown up well, and then some some stuff becomes tricky. Like I loved Rocky when I was a kid, and oh, I was like showing. And Apollo was Creed was coming out a few years ago, and I knew that my daughters they were like obsessed with Michael B. Jordan. So I'm like, okay, we need to watch Rocky, and we watch Rocky, and you see him go on the date with Adrian, and Adrian is trying to leave the house, and he won't let her leave. Like it is a terrifying, like, yeah, it just has an age Yeah, like, ooh, yeah, yeah. And somehow we all thought it was okay. Yeah, but Um, like, I find that a lot of stuff that was filmed years ago hasn't really aged well. Like, a lot of things that were acceptable is okay, right? Um, Like, I watched the movie Rear Window a couple years ago. We're like, oh, it's with Gregory Peck. It's like from like the 1960s Gregory Peck. And it's like interesting where it's like he witnesses. It's all like the back apartments and you're trying to figure out who murdered who. It's Jimmy Stewart. Oh, sorry. Sorry. You're right. Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. And so you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, fun. And then you watch it and you're like, he is a monster to Grace Kelly. He is a monster full stop. Like he is. It doesn't hold up. You do not deserve her. No, no. What's What were you going to say, Ramon, is another movie that doesn't hold up? Well, no, oh, this is a movie that doesn't hold up, but this is a movie, like, I don't know if my friend appreciates the beauty of this movie because she fell asleep during the middle of it. Oh. Um, when I was in Utah, I was watching Disney Plus with my friend, Anna, and we were watching, Um, I just told her to put on the Cinderella movie, the Brandy version, which is the oh. best Oh, yeah. Yes. With Whitney Houston as the fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. And she fell asleep. And uh, I thought that was so disrespectful. I was like, what 
are you doing? Was it on Sunday? Her day of rest? (laughs) Her day of rest. And she fell asleep. And like, there I am, full geeked out, singing all the songs at the top of my voice. And she's there, passed out, dead asleep. And I was like, you are not taking this seriously. And I texted my friend who lives in Delaware. I was like, she and my friend and I are having a complete meltdown because of this. I I feel like sometimes I'm like that. If you don't get it the way I get it, <laughs> I feel like right. I get hurt. Totally. The strong feelings. Yeah. So my movie that I have strong feelings about that I'm okay if no one likes it and if I stand alone on this is the movie Josie and the Pussycats. Here's oh, the thing. The original one? The, like, so it's, I think it's probably from like early 2000s. So, like, yeah, Rosario Dawson is one of them. I love it. it I there's love fun it. music in it and it makes fun of corporate America and consumerism. Um, there's some really funny aspects in it. And so, that's my nerd alert. Mm. Highly recommend it. Watched it a couple years ago because I was like, I'm a nerd. Does it hold up? And it's still held up for my heart. So, oh, Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. yeah. I, I watched the original cartoon that they played on the Saturday morning too. Oh. Like I okay, like going to the cartoons, I, I feel like my mom introduced me to all those like retro cartoons. So it was Josie and the Pussycats, The Archies, mm-hmm. Penelope Pitstop, um Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Happy Le Pew, which is very rapey. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, Rapey is the word. (laughs) So, um, so it was Peppy the Pew. It was Scooby Doo. Um, is this where are you? What I'm trying to remember what was the name during that time, but that was when Casey Kasem was, yeah, Casey Kasem was Shaggy. Uh, Shaggy. Oh, fun. Yeah, so like all of those old stuff, and then there were the hillbillies, was like the Beverly like, hillbillies, the, the Beverly hillbillies. I think, uh, it was. Uh, like all that good stuff. <laughs> like we don't have any of that stuff now. All the cartoons now are so trashy. <laughs> Although I'm a big SpongeBob fan, oh, I've never seen SpongeBob. SpongeBob fan. Fascinating. Fascinating. Okay, yeah. uh, this will shock the listeners that I've never seen an episode of SpongeBob. I've never seen it as an adult. My little brother's watching. I was like, what an annoying show. So, That's my only context. So yeah. This is the question that my niece asked people, my, my 22-year-old niece. She finds out if people's parents let them watch SpongeBob. Mm. And if they didn't, it's a barometer. It's, it's, it's a little mm. bit like the Sunday stuff. Like you can tell a lot about a person who was not allowed to watch SpongeBob. Okay. Um, I got a comment, and I hope this doesn't sound offensive. So, do you would you say that you feel like a lot of the times when we think about LDS people, like LDS people, kind of are removed from pop culture? You feel because it depends on what it is. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I feel like sometimes just having the experiences that I've had, the music that I listened to, the shows that I would have watched, and then trying to have a conversation with a, a person from the church, and it's like, are you, okay, I understand you live in the Midwest, but 
you know, was there anything that came over here? Mm-hmm. I was like, you, you're pretty close to California. Like, what, what came over? Anything? So like, right. no one having to like educate like people from the Midwest about certain things from like history. I'm like, um, it's kind of like what was that show with or the movie with Jim Carrey where like the thick show is going on all around him? Oh, the, the Truman show? show. Yeah, yeah, the Truman yeah. Show. I often find like sometimes people from the church could be kind of like the Truman Show. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and Ramon, I think there's a couple layers there too. I think it's your like you live in Barbados, so that like you also have that international perspective, which mm-hmm. is like you can you're aware of the United States and other countries. Yeah. Most people like perhaps in the Intermountain Mormon West aren't even concerned with other parts of the United States. So just yeah. that like navel gazing aspect. Yeah. Uh and then the like culture of whiteness. I think yeah. is part of it too. Um, yeah. And just the like, does that bring the spirit? Just kind of being so yeah. like. Closed off. Not closed off. I was about to say, yeah, closed off, not adventurous or just insta judgy of things that aren't yeah. white yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, I, I will always remember this is one of my fond memories. Um, this is when I was growing into my sass. Mm-hmm. Um, Go on. Um. I will always remember going to the Midwest for the first time. Wait, and so, pause. When you're saying Midwest, do you mean Utah? Yeah. So here's the thing. That would be the Intermountain West, well, which sounds so ridiculous. Yeah. But Midwest is like Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, you know, like, Kansas. okay, let me just say it to the lovely viewers that from the Caribbean, anything past um, Atlanta, that's the West. For me. Right, right. <laughs> So totally, totally. Oh, we are not geographically correct here, but this is best. <laughs> so please take that with a grain of salt. I did pass geography in school, but well, and I'm just I'm just teasing and being specific. Now no, you're, you're you don't have to know, but I think no, if you were to say fine. Midwest, anyone in Utah would be like, that's not me. When oh, like no. when yeah, best. it is technically because they're not the coast. So I yeah. think that I've also yeah. heard the joke Mormon corridor. Okay, Which is like okay, Idaho, the, Utah, Arizona. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's just say the Mormon corridor then. Um, so I remember going to the Mormon corridor uh-huh. in the middle of the Mormon corridor, which is Utah. And I remember <laughs> this guy, which reminded me of the beautiful saying that I like to use now. Um, he told me, how did you get from Barbados to Utah? Did you come by boat? And I was like, sir, hold on, hold on. Let's just absorb that for a minute. Um, So he was like, did you come by boat? I was like, in my head, I'm like, how would I get to Utah by boat? Utah is a landlocked state. There's no way (laughs) possible for me. There's no Panama Canal running from California to Utah. Mississippi doesn't get over there. Can't steamboat up. No, you can't steamboat. You can't like hop on a steamboat from New Orleans and go up. Nothing. (laughs) So it reminded me of a beautiful thing that I like to tell people, which is cute is temporary, but dumb is forever. Mm. <laughs> no, I I just, I, I think sometimes, as we were saying, like, the Mormon corridor could be very removed from things. Totally. Well, my, my sister-in-law, um, Helen, is from England. 
And when she was in the MTC, uh, a girl came up to her. I think she was from the corridor. And she was like, oh, my gosh, um, you're from England. What language do they speak there? Like, oh. <laughs> She's like, English. Okay. Oh, Heather. Okay. We got stories. We got stories. So, uh, yeah. first, so when I came to Utah, that was the question I got asked a lot. Oh, what language do you speak there? I was like, I'm speaking to you in English. Yeah. In English. Sure, I have an accent, but like my my English is not of of somebody that would be considered, you know, English as a second language. Right. Like, what do you what do you speak there? I was like, I don't even mind what do you speak there sometimes because you would say that Barbados, the primary language is English, sorry, Bajan Creole, which is like a, just a slang of English, which is more commonly used like for casual conversation. Mm. But for a regular professional conversation, it's English. And this person was like, oh, what language do you speak there? I was like, we speak English. We are an English territory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're part of the Commonwealth. I, I think that there's that, that, Utah can feel so the same that we get super excited when when something looks different. Yeah. Like we're we're really we're really seduced by things that seem exotic or yeah. you know just have more flavor and yeah. People Sounds- probably just fawn all over your accent when you're here. Oh. Ramona though, did they want to touch your hair? Oh, oh okay, hold on. We're going to talk about that hair situation. Please. Okay. Um I remember meeting this really popular person. I will not call them my name. Um, this person is from England. And I remember, uh, we, we're trying not to get sued over here on the Exponent podcast, so I will not call the person's name. I remember meeting them, and this person was like, my friend is like, oh, yeah, Ramona's from Barbados. This person is from England. We call Barbados Little England. Because of how close England and Barbados are, because of slave trade and all that stuff. Mm. And he's speaking to me and then starts to go off in a Jamaican accent, which is hell. Oh. I was like, and like my friend is like, she sees my face fall and she's like pulling me. Because, <laughs> like, it's the worst thing you can do. Like, all Caribbean accents are not the same. And Barbados yeah. is one of the most distinctive yeah. ones. Like, if I was speaking on the podcast in Barbadian dialect, you would not be able to understand me. Yeah. So, yes. But um, but that I assumption mean, that Jamaican and like any speak. any Caribbean island accent, yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah. Um. Did they want to touch my hair? Um. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Um, some some restraint was shown. Oh, good. Okay, some restraint was shown, and probably the second time I went to Utah, not the first time. The first time I went to Utah, it was more because I had my hair in braids, mm-hmm. and I was in Idaho first, and they were all excited about seeing somebody with with braids and all the cornrows and stuff like that, and they wanted to put my hand in my hair, and I told them, well. This is what you're going to do. You're going to learn a lesson in black hair today. <laughs> I will send you a video 
of what it means to do black hair and how my hairstyle is done. And you're going to watch that because it's not acceptable for you to put your hand in my head if I don't know you. Yeah. Um, which which it did. I like limited people were allowed to put their hand in my hair. Um, but then um I remember this time because I went to Utah, I learned my lesson from the first time I went, because my hair broke off when I came at home. Um, and I wore wigs as a protective spell, and I had my dreadlocks underneath because they were now starting to bud. Mm-hmm. And so my friends had not seen my hair um since I had started the process. And her friend, who I love, hi, London, hi, babes. Um, mm-hmm. She hadn't seen my hair either <laughs> in a long time. And so one day I was staying over at my friend Anna's apartment and I said, okay, I'm going to bed. I'm taking my wig off. She was like, you're going to do what? So I took my wig <laughs> off. <laughs> These two white <laughs> girls are just looking at my hair just going to town I was like okay just get one good scratch in and that was about it um <laughs> they asked for permission oh. and I was like okay that's fine go ahead so I lived in China for a year and I lived in a town that was fairly remote and a lot of people had never seen a white person before and I had people touching my hair all the time mm-hmm. and it really got disturbing i was yeah. like nope yeah. <laughs> such an like, intimate part of your body to have a yeah. stranger touch yeah. yeah i mean and especially now with my hair being the way it is um i'm a little bit more protective of it um when my hair is in its natural afro state that's fine um even then i don't want too many hands all up in my yeah. Yeah. um you can but, say no every time, unless it's like yeah. a lover, is what but I say. Now, um, especially being in Utah, where you know there's certain misconceptions about people with dreadlocks and certain things like that, I'm a little bit more protective, and I don't wear my hair out in public when I'm in Utah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's a little bit more protective this time. Oh, I was I was staying with someone when I was in Utah. And bless their hearts, they didn't know any better. They're from an older generation. And they lifted my hair. Um, I was like, they saw me in the morning with my hair, my bonnet not on. Sorry, my bonnet was on. And I didn't have my wig on. And I put my wig on and they pulled. No, I had my wig caps into my... uh, How to explain this to the audience who's probably not of the same color as me. <laughs> so when you put a wig on, you put a wig cap on, then you put your wig on, and then there are little clips in the front. There are four of them usually in the front and in the back. And it sits underneath the cap so that it can stay on your head, basically. Mm-hmm. And she pulled and it was into my hair. Oh. And I felt I, I felt violated a little yeah. bit. I knew the intention wasn't bad, so I wasn't like angry or anything like that. But you know, there is a way to do things. Do you feel like she was trying to check to see if it was a wig or no, what was her I intention? Think it was just curiosity. Ugh. 
because some people don't understand and it's it wasn't even a situation where it was mean-spirited so i will mm-hmm. never say that it was a mean-spirited interaction. yeah but i think it was more curiosity of how i had gotten my hair from one state to another state <laughs> that quickly but uh, so, people you know, don't get to violate our privacy to satisfy their curiosity they don't because I've even I, felt that way sometimes with people asking too invasive of a question. I'm just like, it's not your mm, business, not my yeah. job. So mm-hmm. I, I just like, I, I kind of have a little bit more patience with the older people who are nice about it. Kids, you get a free pass as long as your hands are clean. Um, and I'm a little bit more, um, passive with those people because they don't know any better sometimes yeah, or they just that's gracious like, of you but sometimes like if i could see somebody just literally wanting to like do a little fbi investigation i'm like no yeah no yeah and it's like watch a youtube video if you're yeah, very curious do do your own education that's a james jones thing that i appreciate he's like do yeah. your own do your own work that you need to do you don't have to like be like, "Hey, BIPOC friend, tell me everything." It's like, yeah. no. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh! Before we go, have you guys like seen the video of the Alabama brawl? I wanted to talk about this so badly. All right, because it's from a how was it two weeks ago now? Three weeks? It was like two, three weeks ago. Yeah. I watched like the first thirty seconds and was like, "Oh no!" Oh, oh yeah, my god! I sent you. I was, I don't know what about that filled me with so much joy in my Seeing spirit. the white bro <laughs> start pushing the worker, yeah, black worker, made me so angry. It, it did yeah. make me angry the first time I watched it. And then I started to identify as some objects. So <laughs> they called um the guy that swam across the water, they called him Black Aquaman. Mm. And I started to identify That was the best. Yes. Watching him swim was so satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. Swim and then, the like, the guy with the chair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I've never identified as a chair before. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't come doing violence. But in a situation like that, that could have gone very left. Yeah. If, you know, yeah. there was no backup. And well, th- this was filmed. It's like, how many instances is this still happening that doesn't get filmed that we don't know yeah. about? These, like, creepy not okay and and how many people conflict. had no clue what was going on that were just lining up on racial lines right yeah. and like assuming like oh like the black person must be in the wrong yeah that yeah. Like, there were comments like that yeah floating around and you know in a moment like that i what i liked is that there was no question asked this is a fair fight you know, it was kind of like the Avengers assembling, almost. <laughs> I don't know if I. I think my spirit is petty, and I, I just don't know why he enjoyed it. I, I've seen that video like fifty times. Um, and I guess on a serious note, though, it did put me to really question sometimes. You know how people of a particular race see another demographic. Um, because automatically, as as you were saying, Caroline, the black man was wrong. Um, and I will say, 
that I'm I'm gonna say this very very quietly. Um, conversations like that ended my relationship, and then that person did not believe in sundown towns and having been certain parts of the black experience and not being able to be supported in my blackness um it made me look at that video with a fresh perspective mm. um and i i just i found myself watching that video as calming i found I know, I know it was violent. I know it was all of these things that we don't support in regular context. I, I'm i not a person who believes in violence unless it's one of those fights, one of those cage fights or something like that where they get paid for the <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but in that context, the solidarity that I saw kind of... But I mean, Ramona, how many... How many Emmett Till's, George Floyd, like yeah. this country has such a history of large groups of white people attacking yeah. black bodies yeah. that yeah. I can totally understand that it would feel good to to feel like, okay, at least it's a fair fight now. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. And I mean, Going going back to what I said, like you know, not feeling supported in my blackness. Sometimes, even with black on black people in the church, um, there's no support from each other. Yeah. Um, usually, you find the person who's a little bit more outspoken, who's a black person, and there's a more passive black person who wants to have white validation. So mm-hmm. they'll sell the other black person down the river so that they can have that validation. So yeah, I mean, and I've had instances like that just as recently in one of my classes mm-hmm. where a white classmate was going in on me and the other black classmates laughed about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. well, it wasn't racially motivated. It was just that he was being a prick. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, there are instances like that. There's, like, when, you know, being in Utah, especially in Idaho sometimes, like, going out to a restaurant, you see a black guy there. He's on a date with a white girl. He will not look in your direction. Hmm. You're not, you're, like, things like that, that might not be apparent to people from another race or whatever. Yeah you notice so when you see an instance where there's solidarity in something it kind of fills you with this i don't want to say impression it just fills you with something not lighthearted. It, feels, it makes you feel warm inside like there's sometimes a fight that needs to be endured together right yeah. the, like validation like you kept using the word solidarity absolutely there's yeah. instances of invalidated or even thinking back to your previous relationship where instead of being curious and wanting to know more questioning and challenging you that's gaslighting so i'm sorry yeah you've experienced yeah no good yeah and i mean it's it's not often that we can see that support out loud Mm -hmm. so i was really grateful that 
you know, for all the Emmets and all of the people who just had to do with stuff alone. We had a visible public outcry for something that by all means was wrong. Yes. And to have your community have your back. Yeah. Really important. Yeah, I wish that more people had my back. Um, sorry, not only my back, but mm-hmm. I wish that more members of the church who are people of color, who are black, we just have each other's back a lot more. Most of the times it's like, oh, just let me be validated by a white person in the leadership position. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is what we sometimes do. Sounds like patriarchy where we're trying to white Christian patriarchy just yeah like when you're seeking a certain type of validation instead of that solidarity so yeah yeah. thanks for naming that Ramona yeah I mean even in dating preferences um I mean preferences you could date who you want to date like I'm not saying black guys gotta date black girls whatever um I had a friend recently who confessed to a guy that she liked and he was like oh I don't I already told you what I like I don't like you. I like Latina girls. Hmm. I was like, okay. Okay. And then that feels a little bit like this is my favorite flavor of ice cream. That's different. Right. I was going to say that's a category. Like what? Like people aren't individuals, but, but right. yeah. They are a flavor. And, yeah. I, and she felt really bad about it. And I was like, okay, girl, we can do better. That means he's bad news and you should stay away. Like, Thank you for you know, revealing your craziness, creepy man. I was like, <laughs> love it when people out themselves. I love, I love it when they off themselves at the end of the movie. <laughs> like, if you want to, like, if that's who you want to reveal yourself to be, fine. You don't. You're too hot to beg. Another <laughs> classic phrase. You're too hot to beg. <laughs> love it. It's an empowering phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's been fun ladies so it's fun been- so good Ramona thanks for sharing like yeah you I appreciate you going deep and sharing yeah, some of the a little a little Utah bashing tonight so apologies to the the Utah crowd but we can all do better yeah. um, we're tough we can take it good 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 yeah and not just to climb. yeah there's lots of mountains out there keep keep climbing them um we are exponent the exponent two podcast um also the retreat's coming up in a couple weeks so for those of you who are going to be there looking forward to seeing you for those who can't make it this year hope to see you next year um out in new hampshire we are uh, exponent two we're a 501c3 we need your voice we need your money um if you don't have money you can share your voice or your time um subscribe to the magazine subscribe to the blog there's a uh, almost daily blog that comes up. Look at look up exponentii.org and have a great day. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>